Hi. Hi. What's up? Not much. Want to talk about some problematic romantic shit? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Every time Zoom starts up, I I think of that song that, do you remember that commercial from like 15 years ago that Zoom, Zoom, Zoom? It was like a Mazda commercial or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So that, I get that song stuck in my head every time I'm on Zoom. There's a Capoeira song too. So when you went Oh, Capoeira. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, right. Like, yeah. Zoom, 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 Capoeira. My time. But yeah. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. I wish people could see your shoulder shimmy. So what's going on? Hi, Nicholas. Hi. It's weird that you're not next to me for this. I know. We're zooming it up. Yeah, we are. We're this is kind of how every podcast that I listen to now is basically. Yeah, it's it's a different it's a different dynamic doing it here for sure. Yeah, because I don't want to talk. It's it's weird. I'm nervous more talk over you this way because I don't know if I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a different. There's a different conversation. You said you're nervous to talk over me the other way too. So you're just always nervous to talk over me. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm going to try doing the podcast differently today where I'm just going to make facial expressions at you and you're just going to do all the talking. Visual gags on an audio form. You're such a rebel. Thanks. I mean. Oh, you guys didn't get to see that. I'll describe in great detail all of Suzanne's (laughs) facial expressions today. (laughs) She's smiling very cutely. Her face looks amazing. She did her classic Suzanne face. There it is. (laughs) <laughs> i've seen a, a fifth uh what, what year were you, was that fifth grade year some i've seen a picture of you at your a birthday picture of you when you're a child and you're doing that face and you still do it uh, oh no that's a christmas picture and it oh, was christmas? like i was like i was like seven. Oh, okay yeah that's, that's the one where i'm like this yep that with one like barbie <laughs> shoes you guys can't yeah. see it we all have to post that picture now <laughs> but you still make that face and i love oh, okay, it okay we can post it it's, yeah. real, it's a it's one a great of the better picture. ones of me. There's not a bad picture of you. It's my spirit. Oh, um, that's not true. <laughs> I have yet to see a bad picture of you. <laughs> they all have something to offer, you know? All pictures they, of they you. They sure do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Suzanne, what are we what are we gonna tackle today? We're gonna do five ways to set and hold your boundaries. Ooh, boundaries. Uh-huh. Boundaries. I'm going to act like this is news to me, even though we totally discussed this. Setting them, even though you came up with it. Yeah. Um, You came up with the topic. Uh, In listicle form. Yes. So do you, should we start first with uh, defining what boundaries are? Sure. Words that that goes around, but I think it might be surprising how many people still don't know really what boundaries are. Should we do that? Should we define it? Yeah. What's what's your definition? How would you define Um, it? Here's the thing. I, I looked it up a little bit ago. Oh, nice. <laughs> to make Should've... sure I had a good, but, but basically it's just boundaries are you defining what you will and won't accept what you will and won't do. What your is price, okay with yeah, you? Yeah. Your price of admission. What is okay yeah. with you and what is not. But this thing also said uh, emotional boundaries involve separating your feelings from another person's feelings. Code of another, wow. So, mm-hmm. um, Violations include taking responsibility for another's feelings, letting another's feelings dictate your own, sacrificing your own needs to please another, blaming others for your problems, and accepting responsibility for their problems. Mm-hmm. So those are all things that are happening when you're not holding boundaries. So uh, strong boundaries protect your self-esteem and your identity as an individual with the right to make your own choices. So I think it's when you're, in an unhealthy way, putting other people's needs, wants, desires above your own mm-hmm. uh, for what and there's a you know whole host of reasons why we might do that um but that so boundaries are coming up with very clear this is what is okay this is this is what i'm fine with and this is what is not um and here's that line and you can do that in like you know all kinds of areas all of your relationships so yeah literally every boundaries. relationship mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i will say that a lot of people hear boundaries, like have boundaries with your parents or your sister or your spouse or your kids. And you think it's a bad thing. You think it's like keeping people out, but that's, 
it's, I will say that for me, I always heard boundaries and thought of shutting people out and that felt bad for a couple of reasons, mostly because I want I want to be an open person that people feel like they can come to. And then I realized there was a difference between boundaries and walls, which I think we've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating that walls are like, you put up walls to shut people out, which is bad. Like you shouldn't put up walls, but boundaries are movable at your leisure. I feel like, I feel like boundaries are, it's a fence around your yard with a gate. Yeah, there you go. And so that keeps your yard from being overrun, but with, you know, goats, neighbor kids playing rugby. Sheep. Yeah. Okay. We're going back to the barn animals. Yeah. Well, you said goats. Uh, you know, just, but yeah, but it's, so it's. Metaphorical, kind of, keep, of course. Keeping up the clutter. Yeah. So it's, it's a fence, but there's a gate. And so, you know, and you determine who comes in, how far they come in. If, you know, if they come through the front gate and then do they get to look in your window? Do they come in your front door? Do they, you know, like mm-hmm. there's, there's levels to all of it. And so, because not everyone's, your boundaries with different people are going to be different things too. So. Yeah, very true. So but, boundaries are actually a thing when enacted. It's a, it's a loving act. Which yes, is, because I think it, it keeps people from guessing what your thoughts and feelings are mm-hmm. by telling them what your thoughts, feelings, expectations, what you accept, what you won't. Yes. Otherwise, you're making people guess what those are, and you know people are kind of testing, and then feelings get hurt, or you know. So being yeah clear about those is it's a totally loving thing. So, people are so. overstepping. There's a lot of yeah. it. Just it's chaos. Yep. So today we're going to talk about we're going to go down. Here are five ways to set and hold boundaries. Um, and this is a thing that if you're in a relationship or not, these are things we've learned, um, because that is a thing that you and I did not do very well. No, and it's still a practice. Yeah. But it's a thing I didn't even know was a thing. I didn't know boundaries were a thing or I thought boundaries were selfish and kind of mean. And so even now understanding what they are and understanding their purpose, it's still a practice for me. And, you know, yeah, me too. all kinds of trigger stuff. So it's not like I'm like, I figured out this thing and now I'm freaking great at it. Sure, because, sure, sure. Um, no, it's yeah. like, any, it's like anything, any kind of, you know, meditation or exercise. It's a, it's a practice and you never like win at it. You just, every time you attempt it, you hope to succeed. You hope to like do mm-hmm. what, what is necessary in that, in that moment. And you're like, cool. I enacted boundaries. Got it. Um, and, and it's, it's for everyone's benefit. Um, but I mean, you and I both grow, both coming up in our separate but similar uh, religious circles. Boundaries were not taught whatsoever. It was actually it was actually unkind to and unchristlike yes. to have boundaries because. Well, the best thing was to be selfless, which selfless is just having no boundaries. It's like, yeah. please walk on me. I'm a doormat because that's what Jesus wants. It's mm-hmm. you know that whole thing. So. It's uh, turn your turn the other cheek or whatever, and you're constantly and you're running out of cheeks, yeah. and it's just like. You know, yeah, you're just you're just spinning in circles. Yeah, pretty much. Getting your cheeks smacked. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Um, <laughs> can we have a side podcast called "Getting Your Cheeks Smacked" with Nick and Suze? <laughs> Smacking cheeks. Um, no, it's it's so clapping cheeks. It, clapping cheeks. There we go. That's, a, that's, a, that's our dance uh, YouTube uh, channel. But there's. Um, it is so interesting how many things, and I don't have, I have a lot against the, the modern American church. I, I will say that faith in general, I don't have a, a thing against. So if, if you hear me talking against this kind of stuff, it's mostly the culture that I have issues with. And I literally have issues because of the culture. Um, the, the, I, I have shit that I'm shedding left and right and unlearning because of the culture. And one of those big things is, if, especially being like we talked about last week in Enneagram 2, um, who is the helper, who is always like, I want to always be open and available for anybody who might need me, mm-hmm. meaning I have zero boundaries whatsoever because that actually goes against the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm that really fun guy who's like, need anything? You need anything? Want to hang out? Want to hang out? Like, I, you know, how everybody loves that guy. Um, and so, but f- so for me growing, it was all about like, if you could be seen, it wasn't victim mentality, it was being the martyr, which is like a great thing like growing sure. up, yeah, somebody, yeah. we literally had like the book of martyrs, which is all these stories about people serving Jesus and being killed because of it. And we were like, Oh, mm-hmm. we, 
we should aspire to be such like such greats as these people yeah. who literally gave their lives when they could have saved them and their you know like they left all all their children fatherless and motherless but they died for Jesus so it was worth it it's this whole like oh like we literally romanticized it in my church yeah. and i got my mom for her birthday one year i got her the book of martyrs and she like was so touched it's so crazy <laughs> it literally happened so like to be that you know once again going back to boundaries i had no no clue what they were up yeah. until maybe like eight months ago. <laughs> Re, like, I feel like, I feel like religious structures will give you that thing with the selfless thing. I feel like women are given that thing with the selfless thing. Yeah. Because especially if, if you've got those, like, uh, uh, those gender roles, you know, like given to us by the patriarchy where it's like the women, you know, are, are the wives and the like housewives and the mothers and the, and so our whole thing is like selfless and, and nurturing and, you know, that whole thing. And so I, I don't know, there, there are a bunch of different places in the world, in society, um, that really is like, it loves the no boundaries thing. It loves the, the selfless being, you know, awesome and amazing and thing to aspire to. So, yeah. And I just want to say to everybody listening, <clears throat> um, it's not cute. It's not like, it's not, uh, admirable to be boundaryless. It's, you're, you're not being, you're not going to be perceived as a bitch or, I mean, you might by some people, but those people suck. Um, you might, but that's, that's all right. Um, but you're, it's actually a very loving act to, like we said, to enact boundaries and to hold them and to stand firm with them. And um, one really freeing thing happens with boundaries, which we'll get into, but you don't have to explain yourself. That's my favorite part is you can yeah. say, it's the whole like no is a complete sentence thing. You can just yeah. say, um, thank you, but I won't be coming or whatever. And then that's it. Like you don't have, mm -hmm. you don't owe anybody an explanation. And it's actually a very respectful and loving thing to do. Um, and which I love because I feel like every time I've had to decline an invitation, you know, to all those parties I'm being invited to, um, just constantly being invited to hang out with everybody because I'm that amazing needy guy. <laughs> Parties um, all the time, yeah. Constantly, yeah. like roof parties, pool parties. Um, anyway, uh, parties in the back of limousines. I'm, I'm basically just a Coke dealer in the 80s. Um, <laughs> I just think about Bash from, from the, the show Glow. Where had, yeah. Um, anyway, great show. Uh, but it, it is, it's that it's whole, show. I feel this, I feel my body get hot when I have to decline an invitation or I have to tell, I like, I really don't want to go to this thing, but I don't want to disappoint them. I like, I have lied and made up stories and made up excuses. I've used sick relatives and my kids and so many things to get out of doing things when I could have just said like, thanks for the invite, but I won't be able to make it the end or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And that's yeah. just one, that's just yeah. one example. Um, yeah. But there's so many ways. Um, okay. Let's, let's get do into these it. five ways. Yeah. Number one is being direct. Mm. What, what are your thoughts on being direct? <laughs> oh, I've got thoughts. Do you what have thoughts? <laughs> Let me be direct about this. Um, yes. Well, I, I wrote the note I wrote down about being direct is the thing that I am learning more and more that I lean on, which is not being passive aggressive. Um, when, when dealing with something like it's, passive aggression is an, a manipulation of people and we don't, mm -hmm. and it's so easy to not see it that Can way because explain how, what does that mean? Yeah, for sure. Cause okay. Let, let's set up a scenario. Um, let's say that you were in the kitchen and you put your dishes uh, on the counter instead of in the sink or the dishwasher. And then I say like, Oh geez. Um, it seems like those uh, dishes go somewhere else. Wouldn't you think? Isn't there a better place for them? Like, instead of, you know, it, it, that seems like the jokey, nicer way to say, uh, put the dishes in the sink. Or like, hey, would you mind putting the dishes yeah. in the sink, please? Thanks. Um, but for some reason, in my mind, that comes off as mean to just say, hey, would you mind putting the dishes in the sink? You only have to explain yourself. Just ask. And, yeah. but, but to use a passive aggressive thing, it helps get like a frustration out for sure. Um, but it breeds resentment. And so every time, every time I'm passive aggressive with somebody, there's resentment bubbling underneath 
And if they pushed back a little bit, they would see that resentment. And, and Mm -hmm. it's not, it is unkind and is not loving. And you and I, even a matter of days ago, had a really good uh, discussion about being passive aggressive Mm -hmm. and how it isn't helpful. And I have all, and I realized like the deeper I dug in that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is how I was raised. That is how everybody in my life, parents, grandparents, church members, everybody is passive aggressive to get the thing. So it is a manipulation. It's like, oh, I'm going to say this thing out loud. Like, oh, it's fine. I don't really want to do that. I I didn't want to do that anyway. It's fine. And then like, oh, you say it in a way where you're like, okay, you clearly want to do that. And so the person like goes over and puts the dishes in the sink. You know, it, it turns into this like both sides just like mm-hmm. yeah, super resentful and, and like, dude, it's, it's disrespectful too. I, and I didn't even realize yeah. how disrespectful it was until honestly, recently you were direct with me and we had that discussion about it and I wanted to get defensive and I was defensive until I realized like that I should listen because maybe I can learn something new. And I did. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, you're so right. Um, and just in what in my, one of my mottos for life right now is just because you've always done something doesn't mean you always have to continue doing it. Um, that's not mm-hmm. a good reason to keep doing something. And so it's so easy to be like, yeah, this is how I was raised. This is what we do. Leave me alone. That's the lazy way out, you know? So being direct is harder because it can come off harsh, but it doesn't have to be harsh, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So my thing with being direct is because man, I've not always been direct. And part of that is before it never even occurred to me to set boundaries or, or give a list of things that I need. Or, I mean, I was like so far removed from the boundary thing. And so it's been interesting to even come up with like, like, holy shit, what are my, like, what do I need? What am I willing to? So even feeling that out's been a huge thing for me, but the being direct thing, I feel like as much as like we, we don't need to explain things, you know, like no is not like no is a complete sense. You don't have to over explain things. You don't have to, I still feel the need at this point with people like for myself to feel okay, to be like, okay, before I even start this, you know, I love you. Like I, there's like a, you know, like a, blanket a, statement. Thing, mm-hmm. like, a blanket statement of like, you know, I love you. And that I think I'm trying to offset like bad feelings or any, mm-hmm. I don't know, before I lay anything out, but, but with being direct, um, a couple of things. Number one, when you're direct and when you're honest about what you need, rather than not voicing it and letting people guess what those things might be, when you voice them and you're very direct, very specific, it gives people who love you the opportunity to show up and do the thing you asked for, like to really show up full for you. They may not always do that, but you're giving them the opportunity to do that. So, and you're saying like, here's the line, you're giving them the opportunity to respect that, um, which is so awesome when everything is clear. Like it's awesome when things are direct and clear and you kind of remove a lot of the murky because uh, you know, it, I don't know, it, it makes it, um, the visible, the visible parameters for everyone to uh-huh. kind of work in. But, um, and then the second thing I'll say about that is when being direct, I think it also helps to use like I statements, like I need. So rather than like, Oh my God, you're smothering me. Be like, I need more space, you know, like to be able to be good. Like I need, so, you know, rather than like accusatory things, when these kinds of things come up, like saying just like, I need, I need this, I need this. Mm-hmm. Um, and being very direct in like, in what you need and what you're okay with and what you're not. A lot of it is the, how you phrase things too, like you were just pointing out. Yeah. And I think we say things in a way that we don't even realize the way we phrase things often are passive aggressive or non-direct. <clears throat> and just like, mm-hmm. even just starting something with, I'm sorry, um, no, don't say, don't say, don't start a sentence with an apology. You can just say like, you know, what you just said, like, Hey, I need blah, 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 blah. You know, it's all about the tone. It, you don't have to, you don't have to do it in any kind of preamble that, that sets somebody at ease. I mean, you can, you know, it's helpful sometimes to be like, I love you. I, I had, so, you know, I'm working with a coach and mm-hmm. right now we're talking about boundaries 
and like personal boundaries, but also business boundaries, like professional boundaries, it all, you know, it's all Mm -hmm. one big kind of globby thing. But, and her whole thing is like, do you, I mean, the whole thing was like, like, I'm sorry, but like, you're immediately apologizing for saying the thing that you need. And we're like, you know, the blanket statement of like, you know, I love, like before I even went into this, like, you know, I love you. And the whole like, well, why do you say that? What's that about? And her question to me was, are any of your boundaries and needs like just totally crazy and off the wall? And I was like, no. And she's like, why are you apologizing? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> My programming? I don't know. I'm but, sorry. Yeah, I need 83 pairs of parachute pants <laughs> every morning, freshly pressed. 83 is my number. I'm sorry. Like, that's when you apologize because that's an inconvenience. Where are you going to find parachute pants in 2020? Actually, they're probably coming back in style. I don't know what the kids are doing these days. But yeah, you're right. Garage sale. <laughs> yeah, that's how he's like, he got himself out of debt. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> all that house debt. Uh, he's, he's selling parachute pants. Um, but yeah, it, it truly is pre- how you preface something. And I am the king of the preface. I can't not preface things. I want everybody to have all the context in the world so I'm understood Mm -hmm. correctly. And I'm working on that, actually. Um, Even a conversation that you and I had earlier today, I didn't, I had a, I went over and over in my head about it, how I was going to preface it. And I'm like, don't preface it. Just like, be direct. No, you hit me with it out of the gate. Yeah, you did. And I was well, taken back, but also like, okay. Well, I said, hey, I, I need to ask you. I just said I need to ask yeah. you a question, and uh, but I want you to be honest. But it didn't say like be honest, yeah. like accusatory. Just like, okay, hey, hey, like I love you. Let's have you know. You can say that in your tone, yeah. too. Um, and I, I, I much prefer that as a person. I think everybody will agree that setting something up with like, okay, we need to talk. Or like any, any of that kind of stuff, like, okay, come sit down. Like that just gives everybody spikes of anxiety. I hate, I hate mm-hmm. that kind of preamble. But like, so the, we need to talk later. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> hey, when you're, when you get off work, we need to have a conversation. I'm like, oh no. In six hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck. You know, in a way that's like, you're taking somebody hostage because there's no way that like, mm-hmm. I'm going to mentally focus on anything. I was like, right. I've, I've had the, gotten those texts before. My mom is the queen of that. She'll send me those texts. She's like, Hey, can you give me, yeah. Can you give me a call in like six hours? And I'm like, you're going to have to give me context or I'm going to call you right now every day. I'm going to call you every second of the day until you answer your phone. <laughs> like give me context and, and giving somebody context is, is a loving, you know, way to go about it too. You know, but, um, but direct, being direct, I, I wish somebody would have told me that so much younger. You can be kind and direct at the same time. That is one of my big epiphanies yeah. of, of my life that I've had in the last year. You can be kind and direct at the same time. I always thought of people who were direct were just assholes and didn't have any couth and they didn't know how to exercise any. But little did I know, I was the asshole for being like, hey, so if you were around later, I was thinking maybe you don't have to, but you know, if you really want to, like, dude, get it out. Um, I'm rewatching the show Love on Netflix, which I love that show. It's so, I don't know why I can't put my finger on it, but it's, it's just a, it's not even guilty pleasure, but it drives me nuts watching it this time around. I've seen it three times, but everybody on it is so passive aggressive. It drives me nuts. And they're so, and they self abandon left and right. And that's kind of the point of the show Mm -hmm. is that these two broken people kind of help each other be healthy ish and embrace each other's weird and it shouldn't work, but it kind of does. And it's, it's a dorky love story, but I, I, I watching it. Do you have that thing where you, when you watch TV shows and stuff now, you're like, now when you, as you're getting healthier, you're like, Oh my gosh, please just say the thing. My favorite (laughs) one recently is Schitt's Creek. Like oh, Alexis's yeah. character arc from when she can't bring herself to like it takes her like four times to have the breakup conversation because she just so, can't make the words come out and and then you know watching her kind of move through that but it's painful yeah to watch where she thinks she's, like she thinks she said enough to actually break up and it's like what in the thing you just said makes you think that you just broke up with someone like she's not because she yeah. can't get it out so yeah yeah it's interesting how that that it's played for comedy, but it's infuriating as a person. Like if you knew that person in real life, that's the way I know you haven't, you haven't seen it, but there's a, there's a, there's an arc character arc in, or a storyline in parks and recreation where Rashida Jones's character dates Rob Lowe's character. And she tries to break up with him, but she's so nice that he doesn't get it. 
because she isn't direct. She's just, mm-hmm. she just showers him with compliments. And then at the end kind of slides in a little bit of like, I might need more space. And he still thinks they're dating. <laughs> and, so, and so like a week goes by and he's like acting like they're dating. And she's like, Oh my God, I thought I broke up with him. And that's a great example. And I, I wonder how, how much that's actually happened in real life where, you know, you, you go in, well, you can speak to that. Didn't having, don't you have a story where you like try to break up with somebody and then it just ended up falling apart? Uh, well, no, I tried breaking up and the breakup wouldn't stick. He just wouldn't take the breakup for an answer. And I, I did the thing of. where this is, this brings us a very nice thing to number to number two, because ah. self-abandoning where it's like when you won't, you know, when he wouldn't stop coming back to so I was like, okay, fine. Which is, you know, and so rather than just sticking my guns cause he wore me down, but you know, not, not holding to those. So, so yeah. So number two, number recognizing self abandonment. Mm-hmm. So what is self abandonment? Do you want to take that? I mean, it's, it's very self-explanatory. Uh, but yeah, essentially it is what you just said. Like when you, you toss your own needs off the ship, like the Boston tea party, mm-hmm. um, the second it's met with like, you know, any kind of argument or whatever, just being like, okay, I don't, I guess I don't need to do that. Um, like not that, that is literally not holding a boundary <laughs> that right. is literally like taking somebody else's side immediately being like, I don't need that. I mean, it's fine. I don't need that. Like how many times have we done that in, in relationships or, you know, with we're like, I don't want to, I don't want to cause a fuss. I don't, I, I don't, we just immediately minimize our needs um, mm-hmm. to the point where like, I, especially this feeds into my, my Enneagram too, as I'm learning more and more about it. But like, I have a hard time recognizing my own needs because I always, always, always put everybody else's needs before mine. Right. And this is- Your need, your need is to take care of other people's needs. Yes, I love- which, I, Oh my gosh, how do you, un, how do, how do you unravel that? Like it, is, it, is, <laughs> it is, It is. as you know, because you know, you know, we're living life in each other's circles. Like we're, we're doing yeah. this thing together. So as you know, like it's really hard. But- the moments when I hold those ba- that boundary and don't self-abandon and stand up for myself, even with you, uh, yeah. it is so, it is seriously like fireworks go off in my body. It, it feels, at first it feels weird and foreign. And then when I do it, it, there's a part of me that like hugs myself. Like, oh, you did it, man. You're okay. Like, and, and it was really, really hard, especially with you, because I love you so much. It's really hard. I, I, you know, it's that whole thing of like, I do anything for you. I'd, you know, there's literally a Brian Adams song about it. Uh, <laughs> like everything I do, I do it for you. Like it's that song is all about self-abandoning. It's like, I'll do anything. It oh, doesn't sure. matter. Yeah. Um, we're, we're doing, it's doing things from a place of, of lack. Like I, I don't matter. Whatever you want, it matters. Like, you know, how many times have couples, it's a joke now because it's so cliche, but how many times have couples like argued about even what restaurant they want to eat at because neither of them wants to speak up and say, like what they actually want and need because they might not know. Uh, or this self-abandoning where you like, you're like, I don't know. It doesn't matter because you don't want to have an opinion. Um, and then someone else chooses. And then you sit there the whole time being like, I, I hate this kind of food. I hate this so much. And yep. you're kind of like low key angry and resentful the whole time. Or, you know, there's, you're like deadly allergic to, to gluten and it's, there's nothing gluten free. And you're like, this is fine. I'll just I'll eat this, this. and you know, mm-hmm. die later. And you know, mm-hmm. it's, that whole thing of not wanting to speak up. So yeah, how do you know, starving. what are some things that you know when you that you can recognize when you're self-abandoning? What are some things? Um, I'm happy to say that I really have to think about it for a second because honestly, I've, I've been, this has been maybe number one in my work, uh, my self-development in the last six months. But for, for me, I am just as important as anybody else. So yeah. if everybody wants to do something, and I don't want to do that thing, then I'm, I'm fine with being like either, either going along with it and be like, cause I am a go get along guy. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'll go. Cause honestly it's not that big of a deal, but I will, I will say, Hey, next time let's do the thing I want to do. Like, or I will speak up for myself. Um, instead of just being like, I don't know, I'll just kind of like white knuckle it and get through this thing that I hate. And, um, and then you find out later, you know, I mean, how, how many times has that happened when you, you go to a restaurant or you go to a movie or with a group of friends or something, and then you find out later that somebody like hates that type of food or hates, like vehemently hates mm-hmm. that kind of movie. And you're like, dang it, Darren, why, why didn't, didn't you, you tell us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels, yeah. it feels mean. 
because it feels like what you what did he think we were gonna do like be upset and he's like i just didn't want to stir the pot it was fine i'm like no if we if we're in this together with with the people we love everybody's say is important and nobody should have to like lessen themselves for for the the group to be like mm-hmm. happy or more it's it's not making yourself small so other things can be big you're you're your needs and wants and desires matter. And for me, if everybody wanted to go to a thing, like you and your kids want to go to, to uh, Red Lobster, I'll be like, yeah, I'm not going to go. I'm just going to go home and eat something <laughs> or whatever. You know, and like, you know what? We went when you were out of yeah. town. <laughs> Which I, I appreciate. I'm like, cool. Like, that's, that's fine. Um, yeah. So that, that is a big part of like self-abandoning is, is I don't know, realizing that, um, checking in with yourself as much as you would check in with other people. Uh, and I was like, I prided myself, especially in youth group, like checking on littler kids and growing up. I always like uh, would find the guy in the corner who wasn't getting, you know, wasn't speaking up and it was just kind of being quiet and shy and be like, Hey man, what can I do for you? Like, um, and I was, and everybody was like, Nick's this great, like he's, he's there for the underdog and he's such a good friend and he makes everybody be seen. And I love that part of my personality, but the joke was I wasn't, making everybody be seen because I wasn't letting myself be seen. Right. I wasn't letting, I, I wasn't a, a attending to my own needs at all. I was self abandoning left and right because it was more important for me to be seen as a nice go along guy. And, yeah. and I thought that if I spoke up for myself, I would, I was going to be seen as an asshole. Um, which is a thing I hear often like a, lot of, like a lot of my female friends. Like if I speak up, I'm a bitch and I don't want to speak up. So I'll just go along. It'll be fine. You know, What's I'm, your experience I'm, with that? I'm, I'm, I'm being okay being a bitch now. I'm becoming more and more okay with that. Especially to people, well, especially, here's the thing, because I used to care so much about, like, even strangers, people I didn't really know. Like, everybody. Like, I really cared. And I'm like, nah, I'm cool. I'm fine. I'm not really caring. <laughs> but for me, what I'm recognizing I'm self-abandoning when one of the big triggers for me is when I start feeling angry and resentful. I'll also start feeling passive-aggressive, although I, I feel like I'm not as outwardly passive aggressive, but I will Mm -hmm. feel, uh, I'll have all kinds of snarky shit in my brain, like that I could say that I'm not saying, but, um, I immediately get like angry and resentful. And that's when I realized that I have not held a boundary. I am self-abandoning. I have said yes, or if not said yes, not said no, you know, like allowed a thing to happen that is like pushed my bat. Like it is now in a place where like, I do not want this to be happening, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. So if, for me, the anger and resent and resentment are one of the like first indicators for me. Another one is like the walking on eggshells thing. If you feel like you're walking on eggshells, trying to like kind of babysit feelings <laughs> or the feeling of babysitting other people's feelings, like that's what I know I'm self-abandoning. Mm-hmm. Um, that eggshell, I freaking hate that eggshell feeling, but I'm like, I hate it that's too. when I know that I need to be saying a thing. I need to be saying no to a thing and I'm not, um, like I'm needing to be vocal, but I'm not. And, oh my gosh, one of the like babysitting feelings has been a big thing for me forever. Like wanting everyone to be like, okay around me, like wanting everyone, like everyone, like everyone calm down, like no one be mad. Everybody mm-hmm. like really wanting to kind of dictate that and kind of you know, move things around, smooth things around. Um, but I read, um, it was Rebecca's, I went back and looked, Rebecca from our coaching cohort. Um, she put a post up yesterday, I think, that when I read it, I was like, holy shit, um, an Instagram post. But it was a quote that said, um, like one of the most important boundaries I figured out is the sentence, I'm comfortable with you being uncomfortable. And when I think about Mm. being comfortable with other people around me being uncomfortable, I was like, man, that's, that's a big one for me to get to that place where I'm like, I know you're upset right now. I'm not going to try to fix you being upset. Mm -mm. And I've run into this like with you, like I feel Mm -hmm. this with you. I don't want you to be upset. Um, But I've run into this with my kids too, where, you know, but then I've had people tell me like, your kids don't, it's okay that they're feeling uncomfortable sometimes they're not supposed to be happy all the time. Like, no, it's okay to let them sit in discomfort. It's okay to like, people have to sit in discomfort sometimes. And so, but it takes every in me to not want to fix that, to, to remedy that situation in other people. But, um, but that whole thing, like I realized that a lot of my self abandoning comes that way from wanting to babysit other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. So, but those are kind of the thing, the indicators for me that like something's off, and I'm not holding 
boundaries like I should be. So yeah, the taking care of people's feelings thing is huge. Um, and I feel like we, so many of us do it and there's not really, it, it, it that's the thing. It, it's one of, it's, it's counterintuitive. It feels like you're being kind, um, by making everybody comfortable, but you're not the, you're not the freaking mater D of everybody's life. Like you're not supposed to go around and all the time yeah. and fill up everybody's waters and ask them if, you know, if the temperature's cold enough or that, what you know, it, it's, it, that's not your job. And we, so many, especially women make it their job because of the social conditioning that like, this is a woman's place. And so it makes sense, but it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's angering. I feel like too, by, by babysitting other people's feelings, you're giving them indirectly the message that you don't think they can handle their own shit. So you're going to handle their shit for them. Yeah. So like if I have, you know, my kids wanting them to always to not feel any kind of like, you know, real sitting like some real uncomfortable emotions. Like I want to like gloss over that. And for a lot of years, I like deflected with jokes and like did a lot of stuff where not teaching them to do like the heavy emotional lifting, but kind of like sweeping that aside, kind of minimizing that, but that doesn't teach them to lift that. You know what I mean? It doesn't teach them to exercise that and to, and we owe that to everybody and especially the people we love to be like, I'm sorry you're feeling this right now. I trust that you can handle this. Like you can get yourself through these feelings. You can mm -hmm. get yourself through the situation and not swooping in to manipulate the situation and fix the situation for everybody. Mm -hmm. So totally. Well, another big lesson that kind of goes along with that is number three on our, our list of how to set and hold boundaries, which is uh, you have permission to change your mind. Yep. Which goes into that, which is a big thing that like, I want my kids to know, like, I know you want your kids to know, like if you get in a yeah. situation and you feel uncomfortable, you're allowed to change your mind. Um, Cause so many, so many times if we don't have boundaries, we just, we get into a situation either romantically or otherwise. And we find ourselves kind of stuck and we don't want to be there anymore, but we feel like we're going to hurt somebody's feelings if we leave mm -hmm. or, or if we speak up for ourselves, we're going to hurt, we're going to hurt somebody's feelings or like, which just goes back to taking, you know, babysitting people's feelings right there. Yeah, yep. um, and it's, it's not unkind to speak up for yourself and change your mind. If like at one point you're like gung ho about something and then you get in there and everything in you is, is alarm bells are going off that you yeah. need to get out of there. Your protection yeah. system is there for a reason. You need to listen to it. Um, even if you're not in danger, if you just don't want to be there anymore, yeah. you're allowed yeah. to leave. Um, yep. And in that, yeah. So I, I feel like that's, that's such a huge one that honestly kind of broke my brain when I realized that I'm a grown adult and I could, I can, I can leave. I don't have to be here anymore. Um, and once again, don't have to be a dick about it. You can just be honest and be mm -hmm. like, well, I'm going to leave. Uh, thank you for the evening or, or whatever it is. If you're like, I yeah. like, I'm going to go. Thanks guys. Have a good night. And then just peace out. Whatever the situation you can just gracefully exit. It's okay. I feel like women for a long time have felt that I know I have, um, you know, being like being a young person dating and like in the nineties, like, being at, at first okay with a thing, going along with a thing, and like specifically like sex where you think things head in, in a direction. And you think because you're on that course and it's like, man, I gave him this idea. I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And like having sex with dudes you don't want to be having sex with because you're like, I already made it seem like I was okay with this. And like, we don't think it's okay to change our mind. Like once we've already, it's like, well, I already said I would do this thing. And I mean, I'm sure this is true for everybody, but like, I know this is true for women, especially like, you don't want to be seen as a bitch. You don't want to be seen as like a tease. Yeah. You don't want to be seen as, and so I feel like it's so important for everybody, women, but everybody like to realize that like, you can get new information. You can even, you can just change your mind even without new information. Like you don't, just because you said a thing and it was clear and it was true then doesn't mean that is going to be the true mm -hmm. thing forever. And mm -hmm. so you absolutely have the right to change your mind and set a new boundary, a different boundary. If you tell your, um, if, you, if you tell your buddy, Greg, that you're going to go on a fishing trip and then you're literally putting the, the bait and the tackle in the truck and then Greg starts spitting out some racist shit, you're able to leave. You can, you have new information now. You're like, says, well, I'm in this. Here we go. Me and Dave I promise Greg, trout. I already posted a picture on Instagram. Everybody knows it. <laughs> like you're allowed with that new information you have 
to leave the situation yeah. or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, but especially in, in sexual situations, I feel like it's exactly what you just said. And what, what you've told you, you're the one who kind of enlightened me to this. So I don't want to botch it, but the, you taught me that the women, women are taught that the great, the worst thing they can do is to embarrass a man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, men take advantage of that constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but here we go. Um, the whole concept of blue balls, uh, was, mm-hmm. ma- was the idea that like, you've got me so sexually around. If you stop now, I will be in physical pain. It's a myth. It's not real. Blue balls isn't real. I'm, we're breaking it here. You told me blue balls wasn't real. And I, it's the first time I'd ever heard that, that it wasn't real. You can be aroused for a long time and it be uncomfortable, but it's not the pain. Like that's any kind of muscle that's flexed. So um, that's why, that's why like if you take Viagra or whatever and you're, and you have an erection for six hours, it's like, oh my God, or whatever. Like I can't make this away. It's in pain. Right. But but the right. the concept of blue balls was made up to make women feel like they're going to physically yeah. hurt a man if they don't help him sure. ejaculate. It is insanity. And I am that's the only that's the mountain I will die on. Is the freaking like anybody anybody can come at me with with blue balls and I'm like it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. And I know that because me and all my friends talked about it all the time. How it was a total con and a scam. Mm-hmm. And I and that's how I learned about what it was in the first place. Because I was this 15-year-old kid who had never even come close to having sex and was like, oh, really? Like, I've heard, you know. So I learned about it in the same breath that I learned that it was fake. Um, but, but it's been used constantly to make women think, feel like they couldn't change their mind, like they were stuck because the man wanted something out of it. Yeah, well, because we might, we might be okay leaving a guy frustrated, but we're not okay. We're, we feel less okay or we feel more guilty leaving a guy in physical pain. Right. Because here's, that here's feels the thing. Mean. You think you think women don't leave ninety percent of sexual situations with a dude feeling frustrated and dissatisfied? Ninety percent of the time. Ninety percent is 90%. generous. Dudes don't know how to. Dudes don't know what they're doing. Bump that number so, up. <laughs> <laughs> so if this whole time we think you're in physical pain and you're just frustrated, bitch, we've been frustrated since the beginning of time. Like seriously. Yeah. Honestly. Well, the first millennia, it wasn't even like a woman, a first millennia, like the a woman's uh, sexual pleasure wasn't even considered, you know? So the idea of like orgasms for women coming into play really only came into fashion in the fifties. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it was pleasure. It was supposed to be pleasurable for men so we could have babies. And then for women, it was like, I don't know, you have the baby and then you, right. you, you pee when you jump. That's the, uh, that's what you yeah, get. That's <laughs> <laughs> you jump on a trampoline. It's been a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time three. Absolutely. So Happy Mother's Day. Okay. Um, <laughs> Speaking of pee, this brings us to number four. Self-care. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to some people. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I've, I've been in the house when you're like, I'm going to go pee, and you're just enjoying yourself. I am. Sure. Maybe you're just, you're just scrolling on your phone. I'm. I like. I'm on my phone in the kitchen, and you're just posting stuff left and right. <laughs> I'm. Well, I'm bubble witch. It could be considered as. Yeah, you're bubble witch. So you you could be considered. Uh, that could be considered self care. Just enjoy yourself in the bathroom. It's fine. Yeah. Number four. Make self care a priority. Uh huh. That's a good way to set and hold boundaries. So, and self care is as varied as the people that are on this planet. Um, you know, it's cliche where like, oh, self-care is like a bubble bath at the end of the day or whatever. It's like, it's, it can be that, but it's, it's more than just that. Um, what are some examples of self, self-care? So self-care being on this list, um, yeah. with boundaries and such, I think the whole idea of self-care in, in this situation is making yourself a priority. So by caring for yourself, you are reminding yourself that you are a priority to yourself. Mm-hmm. that you matter just as much as everyone else in your life. You don't somehow matter less than everyone else. And so um, self-care for me is a lot of like reparenting. So while, yeah, there's a lot of like the spa stuff going on and it feels great. And it, and it really does like, there is something really great with connecting with your body, with, you know, yeah. doing skincare, doing the bat, like there, there's no, but, but yes, all that kind of stuff, all that stuff with being connected with your body is super important. 
Um, but for me, a, a lot of self-care is reparenting um, and doing, you know, so not like eating your feelings, you know, like eating a bunch of junk, um, getting drunk every night, you know, the stuff where you're Why kind of masking things. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, during quarantine is maybe been a little bit of a yeah, so, me, says, like, says the woman with the Jack Daniels and, and Fireball on her desk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you literally showed me earlier. Yeah, well, this is for after. The, that's my like congratulatory, like, good job getting through yeah. that podcast. Glug, glug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we earned this. But, like, good a, luck a getting through this podcast. Glug, glug <laughs> is the name of the episode. <laughs> Clapping cheeks. So like, um, the, but the reparenting, so the, the really making sure that you're taking care of yourself the same way you would take care of a child. Like you're not going to give a kid, you know, like a bunch of shit to eat for dinner and let them lay around and stare at screens and, and not get shower for five days and get drunk on fireball. But like, <laughs> um, it depends on what kind of day it's been, but it's you know, true. usually you're not going to do that with a kid. And so it, it's, you know, responsibly taking care of yourself that way and doing ultimately what is going to be, you know, good for you. Um, self-care, like realizing again, it all kind of goes back to real, like making yourself a priority so that you are more apt to, I think, remember that you are as important as everyone else that's around you that you're in love with and trying to take yes. care of and, and all of that. So that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you just said, retweet. That's, that's so good. No, it, it's so important though, because so often anything you can do, like <laughs> she's drinking the fireball now, anything you can do for me, a lot of self-care, I just make self-care a chunk that I start my day with. So it's mm-hmm. moving my body, whether it's even just going for a walk, moving my body, getting those endorphins going, which makes me feel less stressed. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I, start my day journaling or just free writing. Like I just empty, it's a brain dump. I just, everything in my brain. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm more often than not start off writing. A lot of people are like, I don't want to do that. I feel stupid. Nine times out of 10, I start my day by writing how dumb it is. I don't have anything to write about. And then cut to 20 minutes later, I have three pages. Um, yeah. And yep. that, and then meditation, which a lot of people are shy away from, which is really just breathing exercises. Um, so if people are too, I would say if people are too overwhelmed by the idea of meditation, like just close your eyes, put on some kind of like blissful sound and just breathe in through your, through your nose, out through your mouth. Like breathe in, hold it for two seconds, three seconds, let it out. Like just breathing exercises, it calms you. You can feel in your body. It, it just lets you know that you're alive and a person and, you, and anything that connects you with your body and makes you feel present. That, that is self-care. Uh, and it helps later. It's helped me put myself as a priority later when I'm in interpersonal relationships time, you know, when I'm hanging out with friends or with you or with whoever, you know, especially like when I'm visiting my parents is a big thing. Cause I immediately snap back like a lot of people do into old patterns. So it is absolutely crucial when I visit family that I do not abandon uh, my self care routine in the morning um, because it is absolutely crucial to remind myself that I am just as much a pri- of a priority and to hold those boundaries. Um, so I, 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 it's honestly just as important as people popping an allergy pill or, you know, if you have a headache taking ibuprofen or whatever it is, like taking your meds, like it's just as important as that. It should be a part of your daily routine. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that is for you, whatever makes you feel um, good and less stressed. And even last night, like, I had a really stressful day yesterday and I felt myself spiraling in stress and neuroses and I was overthinking every single interaction I'd ever had in my entire life. Um, uh, and then I finally was just like, I self-parented and I was like, you need to go to sleep. And I put, I literally put myself to bed. I like turned off everything within lights and TV and everything. And I just like went to my bed and like put myself to sleep. Like I would a kid who was just like, going crazy, like a toddler that's like fighting Mm -hmm. and throwing elbows and stuff. Um, Self-parenting is a big part of self-care, especially Mm -hmm. if we we think of it in that term, uh, those terms, like you want the best for your kids, even if it's not what they want in that moment. Yeah, they want to eat the entire tub of ice cream, but they know they'll feel better if they have something, you know, a fruit smoothie might work as a, you know, (laughs) as a substitute. It has the same consistency and it's sweet, but it's like better for you you know, whatever, whatever it might be, or saying no, like, you know, you'll feel better in the morning if you don't eat that before bed or whatever it might be. Um, but doing those things, having that conversation with yourself, 
um, and not being upset with yourself when you slip up. Um, all that self-care stuff, just knowing that you'll have another go at it and you'll be okay, um, is so Im- crucial to making sure that you're, uh, you are a priority. And it starts showing up in other people's lives. Like you, you will see it. I've literally had people, maybe some people on this Zoom call, like <laughs> say to me after doing weeks of this, like, you're different. Something's different about you. Like there's an aura or something, um, an energy. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm, I I use the word aura, but no, you you said, you said energy. Um, you said, damn babe, your vibe is baller. And I was like, wow, that sounds like me. That sounds like a good job. Yeah. You're right. You were wearing sagging pants and, and a giant, (laughs) a giant hoodie with Looney Tunes characters on it. Um, (laughs) but yeah, but damn boy. You literally, and my friends, like the people that know me literally have mentioned like, dude, you're kind of crushing it right now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, I don't know. There's just something. And the thing that was different was that I was holding my boundaries. And I was like, I had, I had lifted myself up to, I love the people in my life. I have to be one of those people that I love that much. Yeah. One of those people that I would quote, do anything for is now me. I said to a friend the other night who's struggling right now, um, I said, we're taught that being selfless is the way to go. And we think that, you know, enacting boundaries, putting things in place for ourselves, you know, for ourselves, um, is selfish. Um, but the thing I said the other night is one of the most loving things we can do is get right with ourselves you know, address and kind of try to, I hesitate to use the word fix, but you know, kind of heal whatever ourselves, set those boundaries for ourselves. Because when we do that ourselves, we then are not looking to our loved ones to come in and save us. If we save ourselves, we're no longer like asking the impossible thing of those around us. Can you please come in here and do this? I can't do this because number one, they can never do that. Even if they try, they, they don't have, the capacity, other people don't have the capacity to come in and save us. But one of the most loving things we can do is be good for ourselves so that we are not putting that on other people to try to come in and do that for us. And I mean, the, the, the bonus of putting ourselves as a priority um, is that we don't have to feel bad for act, asking somebody else to come in and save us or asking somebody else to like fulfill our needs. If we're doing that, if we're if we, yeah. if we quote unquote buy the factory, if we're running the ship on our own, um, I got two different metaphors going here, but if we, if we're, if we're like running the factory within itself, a factory on a ship, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a factory at sea. Continue. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, if we, if we do that, a, a perk of, of, um, taking care of ourselves, making ourselves a priority, f- like filling those holes within us, like those needs, um, those hierarchy of needs, like we can remove the thing of like, huh, like I have to be passive aggressive to manipulate people to kind of come help me. The, mm-hmm. you know, the, when yeah. you're, you know, you know, we all know the friends or family members that were like, how you doing? And they're like, ah, fine. And you're like, okay, what's wrong? Nothing. Like that is yeah. passive aggression. That's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. You're manipulating me now to like care about you. And that feels bad. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to do that anymore. We yeah. can take care of it. Yeah. And then, Going back to the first, top of the list, if we do need something, because no man is an island, we can be direct about what we need. Directly ask for it, yep. Which is yep. hard, but that is one of the practices for me that is just, it's ever since we had that big discussion the other night, it's like clicked in. I'm so aware now um, of how I use passive aggressiveness and I, I can just be direct. Oh my God, I'm saving so much time. I'm literally- <laughs> It really is a time saver. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm losing weight. How could I spin this into an unfunny joke? (laughs) (laughs) You know how everybody loves unfunny jokes? Um, (laughs) But I'm literally losing weight right now because I'm less stressed because I don't have to figure out, I don't have to do the mental gymnastics to figure out how to manipulate your passive aggression. So many mental gymnastics, yes. I know. It's, It's such a load off, you guys. Like, I cannot stress. Be direct. Like, all of these things we're talking about, but like, Especially, okay, this last one. Do you want to read this last one, number five? Yes, but I'm going to throw one more thing into self-care. Okay, go for it. We, we can decide later if we want to take this out. But sure, one masturbation. Last thing, one, yes, one last thing I'm going to say about self-care, <laughs> masturbation, straight up. Here's why. 
You did you not think I was going there? Because here no, we go. are you here? Yes. Oh my god, I've never loved you be. more than just right now. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Masturbation, self care. Number one, knowing yourself so that you can show that to other people, share that with other people. But the the chemicals that you are releasing for masturbation, the connecting with your body that you're doing, um, like just all of the pleasure chemicals you're releasing is like, it's so good. But the practice of saying kind things to yourself Mm -hmm. as part of that too has been, I came up with that myself. I don't know, but it's totally works. It's um, hard to do. So (laughs) it may be different. It is. Yeah. Loving on yourself. Like, like being like really sweet with yourself too, like, but it's also hot. But like there's something about putting in the really good phrases to yourself while those really good chemicals are going through you. I'm telling you there is something to it. I don't, I don't know, but there totally is. Well, um, we attach things to those, those, those chemicals. Like, I mean, how many times yeah. every, everybody has something attached to sex. Everybody does. Like why, why can't we not, you know, manipulate feels like the wrong word, but why can't we throw in good things on purpose? Like, sure. you know, why can't we, you know, we all have shit attached to sex that it, whether it's shame or guilt or like triggers of, of unknown origin or known origin, but we don't want to talk about them. Like, mm-hmm. why can't we you do that on purpose? Why can't we, instead of end up with all of these sexual issues or like all this shit attached you can to it? Correct. You can correct. That. I think a lot of, a lot of sexual stuff with masturbation, with, um, very, conscious what you're telling yourself and doing it mm-hmm. um the removing the shame from it like while having like body positivity and i think there are such good things with it and like i know it's like not a thing you know a lot of people don't talk about but i'm gonna throw that in with self-care because i think it's super important yeah well even going back to what you said and we can take this out if you don't want it in there but like to know your body so well that you can show it to somebody else yeah and like you and I have experienced that and it is, it has been such a blessing to be when you find yourself in the right relationship with somebody that you want to explore yourself sexually to be able to show them all of your nooks and crannies and like ways that you, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the ways you're the most sensitive and like the ways you like to do things. And you can only do that if you know yourself in the same way that like mm-hmm. you can only like really pursue your own self as a person yep. with, with yep. the fire of a thousand suns, because if you start pursuing yourself as like you would a lover, then it rate, it elevates you to the point where like other people will know at what level to pursue you and what you're worth. It's the same thing sexually. Um, you, it's such a gift to be able to like show yourself to another person. Um, and it's not selfish to be like, I actually like it this way. And I, you've been always been doing it this way. Let's, you know, what a gift. I, I totally had, I've totally had the masturbation talk with my older kids too uh, for, and, and thrown in a lot, you know, a lot of that same thing, but like you have to know yourself to in the future, be able to share that with partners. Like, please know yourself. Mm-hmm. Also, this is going well off the rails now, it's not, but please have sex before you get married. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at all, you know, like this is not going in a different direction, but masturbation I think is not only should it not be taboo, but I think it's actually important. I think it can help heal a lot of shit. I think it should be a part of self-care for people, you know, to whatever extent you, you feel like you need that to be, but mm-hmm. put that in there. Yeah. Remove the shame from it for sure. I think yeah. everybody does it. And if you don't, man, you're missing out. Seriously. I, yeah. <laughs> is there uh, any, really, is there anyone who's not? Okay. Like, I, I don't know. All right. Last one. <laughs> Last one. What is number, number five on the list, Suzanne? Take us home. Um, okay. Here we go in, in, uh, ways to set and hold boundaries. Number five is being okay. If it looks like the relationship is going to end. So if That's you have one. your boundaries, this is a huge one, man, because if you have your boundaries in place and you're holding them and the other person has, you know, needs that are coming kind of in conflict with that. Um, and, and, and it's becoming kind of clear that, you know, they're needing things that you are not willing to give, like, you know, whatever. And this is not a compatible situation. Um, at that point, not self-abandoning is huge because when it looks like there's going to be a breakup, like this is just kind of incompatible. One person will probably be like, well, it's okay. I can compromise, but it's not really a compromise. It's self-abandoning because I mean, there's a couple of reasons. One, 
if there's a breakup, you don't want to look like the bad guy because yeah. you're not willing to give this thing that the other person needs. And it's like, yeah, we broke up because like, I really needed this and she just wouldn't do it or, you know, or whatever. Um, so one, or, you know, the fear of being alone. It's like, yeah, I'd rather kind of do this and be kind of mostly happy than what am I going to do? Like be all alone by myself. So I think part of the holding boundaries thing is understanding that these boundaries aren't going to work you know, in every relationship with every person. Mm -hmm. So if you have your boundaries and you're very clear and honest with yourself about where your boundaries are, and it's looking like that's not going to work out in the relationship you're in, you got to be okay with being like, then this is not the relationship to be in. Yeah. And I think that's huge. And that is, and we're not talking about like, don't compromise with things. Right. Um, right, right, right. Th there, there should be room in a relationship. Everybody's different. There's going to be room for, you don't want another person to self-abandon for your needs. That's just doing it backwards. That's like no. the other side of yes. the coin. So yes. there, there, there is always room for compromise. There's a room for everybody to get what they want. Um, but you have to be willing to be honest about that. And you have to be willing to admit when something is a deal breaker for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like yeah, that's because I think that's what the bound. And I think that maybe that's, maybe that's the distinction between compromise and self-abandoning is, is this thing a deal breaker? Yeah. Because if it's a deal breaker and you're, you're bending on that, you're self-abandoning. That's the thing for me. Like my boundaries are just, are big. It's not like I have little mm -hmm. boundaries. Like my boundaries are like, um, are, are, are things that define me. And I'm not, I'm not going to allow somebody to treat me a certain way. Um, and, uh, and so a lot of that is, is not like the little things. Like I wanted to watch, you know, La La Land and you wanted to watch this movie or whatever. And like, like, well, I'm, I'm holding my boundary and we're going to watch La La Land or I'm fucking out of here. It's like, okay, like there's room to watch both. Like compromise can exist. And then we break up and then I'm the bad guy who wouldn't watch La La Land. Yeah. It's delightful. I do this for your own good. Like, you know, like that's a, that's ridiculous. Like there are in, you can compromise in a million different ways where you don't cross a boundary. Um, yeah. Actually compromise is a very loving thing, but I think compromise has been sort of defined as somebody one one person ends up getting their way or both both people kind of give in to a point where they're unhappy and then they're doing a third thing that they neither of them wanted to do which isn't well, i feel like no because i feel like that goes back to the thing where if you find yourself being angry and resentful you're now doing a thing that you shouldn't be doing yeah. like if you're angry and resentful like you haven't compromised you have self-abandoned like you've now gone into territory oh my god where you're just you're you're in territory this the, this is a free podcast and that that's amazing i can't like that, what you just said is so like that's worth the price of admission right there holy crap um you're right yeah if you feel if you've compromised and you feel bitter and resentful yeah it, bitter that's it's, the, mm -hmm. it's not a compromise you you have yep. self-abandoned to get to make somebody else happy and that needs to be addressed this is oh my god i feel like I am the first person in my entire lineage who understands this. I honestly feel like a, a like I am the a, a, in a long line of scientists, and I've just discovered like like quantum physics or something. Um, because this this stuff is a game changer. Like boundaries, yeah. especially, but like everything that we've discussed, all of our self our self development journey in general, um, it's insane. It's insane. Like I can't believe I've been doing it the wrong way. It's not just me. Everybody is doing it the wrong yeah. way to an extent. Yeah. So much of this stuff, I just want to say, I love having you as like a relationship partner to like practice this stuff because it's mm -hmm. like, you know, we kind of come up with this stuff and it's like, oh, this makes so much sense. And having someone to kind of flex, like being able to like practice these things, it's really great. Oh my gosh. It's been, I, it's, I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. I, I, I love you so much because you, not only are you my best friend and I feel like I can talk to you about anything and, and the more and more we get into this stuff, I feel like I can share, you know, with boundaries in place, I can share details about right. things. <laughs> boundaries dictates we don't tell each other everything now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like I could. That's yeah. the thing. And, um, and that's the wonderful thing too, is we get to decide that. Once again, we get right. to decide where we move the boundary, who, who we open the gate for. Right. And, and, you know, social distancing lingo, we get to decide if they stay six feet away from us or, you know, if we let them infect us with COVID. Um, <laughs> lovingly, of course. Um, but it is that, it is 100% like, 
made the world of difference to be able to do the self-development journey with you. And I, I honestly, like I have the highest of hopes for where our relationship is going, but it, no matter what happens, nothing will take away how much this journey has meant to be able to do it with you, Suzanne. And I'm so incredibly grateful to you and to have a partner to be able to do this shit with and to talk, you know, like literally both having bad days and be like, why? And like, we get to talk about it and like remind ourselves the truths that we forget and remind ourselves the work we're doing. I can't imagine doing it with anybody else. and, And I can't imagine, um, Anybody better suited for me than you for this stuff and anything, honestly. Also, you're cute. Um, <laughs> she winked at me, you guys. Uh, <laughs> that, and and that, that goes into, uh, as we wind up here, but like I, I highly suggest, as I always do um, in my coaching or mentoring sessions, I, I always try to like encourage people to find your community of people that are also into the stuff you're into. And that can be Magic the Gathering or it could be this. And I would encourage it. Maybe it'll be, uh, if you're on a, on the self-development journey and you can't get enough of, you know, Brene Brown and Melody Beattie and all the people that we talk about and Enneagram stuff, find other people that do it too, because it really does mm-hmm. help feel less alone. You feel stronger, like to be able to share this stuff with somebody, like we just said, has made all the difference. Yep. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to write us, we are available via email. We love getting emails. We don't get enough of them. Um, and you can email us at shipwreckpod at gmail.com. And it's shipwreck, at shipwreckpodcast is our Instagram. So I have to remember which one's which. Um, but uh, yeah, shipwreckpod at, G- yeah. <laughs> shipwreck at gmail.com. And then shipwreckpodcast is Instagram. And we don't just use Instagram for... Uh, self-promotion we use it to talk about it's kind of like a special features uh of of things we talk about on this on these shows a lot of like the recommendations that we talk about or reference we will post books and and stuff there and uh and a lot of the the stuff that we're just that go along with it so if you're into this podcast if you listen this far into it you're into it sorry to break it to you but that it's it's if you want more that it, it's there for you and, and i highly uh suggest yeah. you, you follow it because um well we're delightful first off so why wouldn't you i also want to say we if you want to leave us a voicemail speakpipe.com slash shipwreck podcast and you can literally it's it's literally a website where you just click record a message and click it again and it sends us to us got merch coming by the way yeah we do get excited got, guys got merch coming that's coming very soon so thank you guys for listening i hope you're staying safe out there and uh yeah for shipwreck podcast uh i'm nick flora i'm susie g yeah you are Bye. bye